Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, this is Kevin Kelly, and you are listening to the Startup Cast. Hello guys and welcome to another episode of the Stardom Cast, your weekly audio source of all things World Wonder Ring Stardom. I'm your host, Rob Gooding. I am joined by Matt Turner, but today we are joined by perhaps the most special of special guests. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Building you up now. Building you up now, Karen. It's the pressure. It's Dream Slam Weekly's Karen Peterson. Karen, thank you so much for doing this. How are you? Well, as, as I was telling you all off air, uh, I'm still very much jet lagged. I basically spent last night binge watching Queen of the South, which is a, a TV drama series about a woman who becomes a queen of a, a drug cartel, like like you do. Absolutely. But I, have not, I <laughs> only got maybe three hours of sleep this morning between the hours of seven and about half an hour ago. So I'm a little wired. Mom just... Ooh force-fed me some food because I haven't eaten, so... And, <laughs> Nothing yeah. will wake you up better than talking to Styron, especially with me and I, Rob. <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited to be... I may not look it, but I am very excited <laughs> to be here. We're excited to have you. Absolutely. We're excited. And we, we, we ask the tough questions here, Karen, so I'm going to come out one right out of the get-go. Now, Rob, when I met Karen a few weeks ago in New York City at mm. Rumble on 44th Street, she was wearing this fantastic stardom track suit jacket. You swear she just came running with Mayu and was about to hit the Stardom Dojo to do about a thousand squats with Saida. So, Karen, I got to ask you, where did you get that jacket? You picked it up when you were in Japan? So, one, my knees would not handle a hundred squats, let alone a thousand squats. (laughs) Um, No, it was, I was able to order it via the Stardom online shop during the pandemic. That's the design from 2020 or 2021. It was, it's last year's design. Hmm. But yeah, and it, it actually has a matching pair of track uh, trousers that go with it. It's very comfortable. It's polyester lightweight, great for the summer. Great for the summertime, meaning Florida, because it's hot here all the time. All the time. Um, but yeah, I, I I did not get that from that is not a from Japan purchase. That is a I love Tenso and buy and internationally imported it for a lot cheaper than Pecan Shop Global. <laughs> there you go, Matt. There it you is, go. Folks. <laughs> the inside scoop. Um, Karen, it's, as I've already said, I massively, we massively appreciate you doing this. Thank you so much. Um, of course. Obviously, you have just got back from Japan. First yes. of all, when did you get back? Secondly, how was your trip? It looked from Twitter and social media like a riot. So I used to live in Japan. So every time I go back there, I live, I keep meeting more and more of my heart there. But then every time I come back from it, I always feel more complete because I get to like, 
I get to get my fix without having to move back there, which is always great. Yeah. Um, I had uh, we are recording on Saturday the twenty sixth, which is incidentally my sister's birthday. So happy birthday, sis! Uh, I got back very late Thursday evening on Thanksgiving. So my parents and I had Thanksgiving yesterday on Saturday, uh, or sorry, yesterday on Friday. Um, so I've been home for less than forty eight hours at this point, but my body is still on Japan time, which is about. 14 hours ahead of East Coast time, so it's probably 3 o'clock in the morning their time right now. So I haven't flipped my body clock back Jesus. yet. Jesus. So um, technically, Rob, what she's saying is this is our first Japanese host. Absolutely. Yes. Of the start of our <laughs> I mean, You did it, buddy. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I went to Japan for the first time 19 years ago, so best five years of my 20s. I, I did have a residency card, so I guess you could technically call me a Japanese resident at some point. There you go. But... It's good enough for us. It's good enough for us. <laughs> yeah, we're easy going. We round up. <laughs> hey, fake it till you make it, right? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I did just want to ask, did you, am I right in thinking you went to Gold Rush? I did. And... I went to, to Gold Rush, and then I took the night bus from Osaka to Tokyo, got to Tokyo at 5.30 in the morning. Oh, my God. You're so hardcore. When, when <laughs> I showered in an internet cafe. Like, you you see all those YouTubers who go to internet cafe and the showers? I yeah, did that. Amazing. I, that. I did that when I was working in Tokyo because I, I missed the last train one time. But, yes, I showered in an internet cafe. I got dressed in my makeup. Went to the Sendai Girls show beforehand. Grabbed lunch at a convenience store. Then went to Historic Crossover. Then took the train home. And and you managed to see the Noah show as well in the midst yes. of all this. I mean, yes, I I went to Sendai Girls and Historic Crossover. I did Gold Rush in Osaka. Then I did Super Junior and World Tag League uh, opening nights. So Stardom's Goddess Tag League, and then Noah the same day, and then. Did a whole bunch of shrines on uh, Thursday and then flew home. Thursday was a very long day for me. That's intense. Jesus. (laughs) What our listeners are probably want to know is how come you didn't go to any wrestling shows while you're there, Karen? Jeez. Just a a handful. (laughs) In like a five, like, let's see, it was like seven shows in five days. It's a lot. I, I would not recommend it. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I'm totally gonna do my, that. My, my, my feet are still swollen from all the running around I did. So my body's just like, you're not 25 anymore. What are you doing? Stop. <laughs> I did just want, like, obviously, we watched him um, Gold Rush on pay per view. We saw, like, just how good, like, Kyrie and Saya was, and Yutami versus Yuri again, because they can't put a foot wrong. How good was it watching that live? What was the vibe like? Did people know that, you know, especially Utami and Shuri, which again has got pretty much universal acclaim, like, was the vibe like, good God, we've seen another outstanding match? It was one of those things where for a lot of people last year, their 43 minute time limit draw was what really put stardom on the map for a lot of people. Mm. And for me as a fan, coming back to seeing a stardom show, a proper stardom show live for the first time since January 2020 in a very drafty Shinkiba first ring, which is a very, very small, small venue mm. compared to like the Osaka Edeon main arena. It was, <laughs> it was unreal. And it's like, it, it's not that it's like, oh my God, we're getting this again. It's, it's, oh yes, the time has come. Mm. Our, our semi-annual <laughs> Shuri versus Utami is on the menu. Um, it was, I mean, Shuri and Utami can't do anything wrong. They, no. I mean, they can't. They, they, and they just, they just 
it's the they they've forged a rivalry of mutual respect and it's just like i just can't it doesn't matter i'll watch it all day every day yeah. i'll fold the laundry do it i don't care like i just yeah. can't get enough of it I made mention onto the show uh, that we just released a few days ago that their their championship trilogy that they had with these three matches, you could put on par with the 89 Flair Steamboat. You can put it on with the Punk Joe Ring of Honor stuff. You could put it on par with the EO um, Mayu, their trilogy, and the the, uh, Omega Okada. It's it's Mm -hmm. that good. And that's a hill I will will I'm willing to die on and we'll fight will, you for. I fight will, against I will, uh, don't fight me for it. I'll be right there next to you. <laughs> right there with me, me and you. I will be there too as well. It's okay. But you got this, Matt. No, he'll be coaching me on. You got it. I'll, I'll be there with my palm palm being like, take that hit. Where'd everybody take go? That hit. Where'd everybody go? I mean, the thing I love about that, like, I think I've given all three five stars. Not that my ratings mean absolutely anything, but the fact that all three matches are so completely different and they're all still so good. And you do like, you look at these matches and you forget like Shuri's fantastic. Shuri is unbelievable, but you forget how young Utami is. And like, what was it? 2019, 2018, she debuted, wasn't it? And she's just blowing people away on a regular basis with four years in ring experience, which is just absolutely, absolutely insane. And uh, yeah, absolutely incredible matches. Um, Before we kick into historic crossover then, which is our main event of today. um, I was going to say something that completely forgotten what I was going to say. So I'm going to cover and go, Matt, haven't said hello to you yet. Matt, how are you? <laughs> how are you doing? Well, Rob, well, while Rob's thinking of that, Rob, I got to ask, how's your foot doing, buddy? Yeah, it's not too bad. Um, I'm getting a pain on the inside of it now, which uh, I wasn't getting before, but I think that's probably because I'm walking weird. Uh, Karen, obviously, um, I hurt my foot not doing the Cosmic Angels dance, which Matt... Yeah, I, I started that rumor. I yeah, mean... Yeah, he, he started his foot doing the Cosmic Angels dance. <laughs> and a whole bunch of people tweeted at him gifts of the Cosmic Angels. <laughs> I'm very disappointed that you didn't injure your foot doing the Cosmic Angels dance. Should have went with the but... gimmick, brother. <laughs> I guess it's fine. Yeah, just fell off a Are stair. Just, Relatable, man. That's so. That's, that's, that's always the most I, innocuous I, I ones. Things just getting out of bed. So it's, it's, I feel you. Don't worry about it. Uh, but yeah, it's it, the top of it sore. The inside's a bit painful. But yeah, it's it's fine. It's fine. I'll I'll live. I did. I, I feel extremely pathetic having seen Kyrie's tweet about how she managed to wrestle both the gold rush and historic crossover show with a sprained ankle and posted a picture of it and it's like, like an hour. yeah exactly it's like a coconut and i'm just yeah. i'm there on the bed going kirsty my girlfriend kirsty can you bring me a cup of tea come walk it's it's not it's not comparable at all but um, there we are. I just wanted to... Um, I know what I was going to say now. Remember, awesome. see? Um, obviously, Stardom in Showcase Volume 3 was today. Um, they drew 778 people, which is down from 906, which they drew for Kawasaki Super Wars, but with no title matches. It's not bad. Have either of you seen any spoilers from Stardom in Showcase Volume 3, seen what happened, what went down on the show? I meant to watch it this morning, but you know, since I was so engrossed in my <laughs> Queen of the South, my, my Queen of the South marathon, I'll watch it. You know, around like around breakfast time while I'm you know getting my day started. 
and then I conked out and now the stream's <laughs> gone because they have to edit all the music out of it. Yes. So I've only seen a futsal spoiler and mm -hmm. a guest or a who X was, but they revealed who X was yeah. for the Cosmic Angels match beforehand. Yeah. Um, Matt, what about you? Uh, I saw some of the results. Obviously, I'm going to want to watch this once it comes out on World. As I explained to you, I paid for three pay-per-views in a matter of <laughs> 20 lot, hours. Yeah. So it's like, it's eh. a lot. Uh, oh, it, it look, did look like it was a, a a fancy, fun show. I did see a picture of the shampoo match, which we put over hugely. <laughs> and a match that I definitely want to have in 2023. Absolutely. Book Matt Turner for the uh, shampoo beauty, match. Beauty Salon did, Zest match. That's what it was. I couldn't think of yeah. it. Yeah. Beauty Salon Zest. I did see my... I believe it was Micah and uh, Sai uh, Kamatani with their hairs all the way up in the shampoo and two of them just pointing at each other, laughing <laughs> at each other as if they were like freshmen in college playing a prank on each other. I was like, that had to be a whole heck of a lot of fun. Yeah, I saw a clip of it where it looked like uh, Himika was giving Saya like the something about Mary, like bangs, she's trying to make bangs stand up. Yeah, yes. And, but because it was it was billed as a, a winner gets a, a winner cuts their hair match. Yeah, and I was like I was like so when they said it was a collab with the the salon, it's the they're basically getting a makeover. Yeah, exactly. And so and of the people in that group, the one who could probably use the makeover to be a little more interesting was actually the one who won it. So. Yeah. yeah, I did see you win that. Yeah, yeah. but no I, Brutus the Barber beefcake. I did no, not see which no I was disappointed. <laughs> Missed opportunity. Um, I did just want to say Mayu obviously was part of the um judo the judo jacket rules match, and uh, she managed to progress fantastically quickly because she started the match as an orange belt, and then by the time they had the post match photos, she'd somehow managed to transition into a black belt. So I don't know how that Anybody's happened. In the it. process of like that nine minute match, but it's reversible. she's the icon. Oh, is it reversible? Oh, don't say yeah, that. She just turns it inside out. Little camera magic. <laughs> um, yeah, enough of that. Let's talk about historic crossover. I've been dying to talk about this since the show went up. I've, honestly, we talked about it a little bit, a little bit in our Gold Rush review, Karen, and I think we used the phrase it was a watershed moment for the company. Um, and obviously between that and gold rush and just what that will mean going forward for the company, like what was your opinion of this weekend for stardom? Are we being too, am I being too bold calling it a watershed moment or do you think it can't be understated the importance? I, I don't disagree with you. I think it, it's one of it was it was very ambitious, especially doing two shows in the same weekend in mm. opposite cities. Because once that show was over, the entire crew had to get on the Shinkansen, the bullet train, and go back to Tokyo at like at like one of the last trains of the night. So I don't know how much sleep everybody got or how much how rested everyone was because the show finished pretty late in the evening on Saturday. So mm. it was one of those things where um like I said before, c comparing it to the teeny tiny Shin Kiba show I went to back in just before Wrestle Kingdom 14, January 2020, Gold Rush felt on, on par, on like scale size with Historic Crossover. It mm. was a large arena. It was packed. It was full of people. Great matches. And it's the, you can really feel the effect of how much money and effort and marketing Bushiroad has pumped into stardom. Yeah. So much so that within their company, it's like within the parrot company itself, stardom's in the black and doing great and mm. making like nearly 
I think five to ten times their original like, what they were making when they first got acquired in 2019. So it, it's one of those things where even though Stardom is like one fifth the length or of age compared to New Japan, they're putting people on notice not only in Japan but outside. And this this is was a very big milestone for them because it put it gave them the opportunity to put get their faces and more than just the usual Mayus and Tams mm. and Utamis, it got the whole roster in front of an international audience. Yeah, I mean, I listened to the Super J Cast with Joel and Damon fantastic podcast and they were talking about you know how they were surprised a little bit with the production of stardom and the packages and the costumes and things like that and how you can tell that there is a lot more money being pumped into the production like you said karen um but matt obviously we talked about both those shows um and the thing for me, which we'll talk about in a moment, is the opening stardom match on the main card, that six-woman tag. I thought, despite it being what could be construed as a throwaway tag, he says in inverted commas, I thought everyone in that match managed to give a fantastic account of themselves, the pace at which they wrestled, you know, what they managed to accomplish in, what was it, nine minutes? Yeah, nine minutes and 20 seconds. I thought they managed to do a fantastic job, Matt. Yeah, well, that's always like almost a starting formula. Mm. When we, when even when we do the reviews on the weekly shows, we're like, we're getting lost in it. We're writing notes down. We're like, that happened in eight minutes. They were able to tell that story mm. in eight minutes, in ten minutes. There was f- four people in the match. There were six people in the match. There's eight people in the match, and they're able to tell that story. They re- they cram so much stuff in, and it's not just cramming stuff for the sake of cramming stuff in. They make sure everybody plays a role. Everybody gets over because in turn, if everybody gets over in the match, whether it's two people, four people, six people, eight people, then whoever gets the final pinfall, they get put over the most. And it's a wrestling's the only sport that you can win by losing. Again, I always make the reference all the time. Wrestling changed in 1997 when the Stone Cold Steve Austin, where him and mm. you know Bret Hart WrestleMania 13. People forget Stone Cold lost that match. <laughs> but again, wrestling's the only sport that you can. You can do that. And, and I thought all six of these ladies were fantastic. And I thought Chris and Kevin Kelly did a good job building up the uh, the Phoenix Splash from Sai Kamatani, mm. whether she's going to go for it or not. And we talked about it on the podcast just a few days ago. That I think now, because of the danger built behind the Phoenix Splashes, they're going to build it up almost as this nuclear finish. But she hits the Star Crusher, which she does perfectly all the time. And then she hits the Firebird Splash, the 450 Splash. She did perfect. I mean, that was like too yeah. cold Scorpio-esque. It was like, at you know, Hayabusa-esque. Just absolutely perfect. And just a really, really solid finish. And yeah, all six of those ladies, they did not miss a beat at all. And it was a really good way for really stardom on the main show to uh, to get off to a really, really good uh, start. Yeah, it really did set the tone for the rest of the show. And I'm glad you brought up, actually, um, some people, even when they lose, win. And I want to talk a little bit about that in the main event as well. But New Japan Stardom historic crossover from Sunday the 20th of November 2022 in the Ariake Arena in Tokyo, Japan, in front of 7,102 people reported. Now, if that attendance is true, then it's the most attended Stardom show in history by a distance. Obviously, the previous one was the Champion Fiesta in 2013, which uh, was 5,500. It's the seventh Stardom show to cross the 2,000 people threshold, also, interestingly, just for comparison, um, it's a bigger number than Dominion, 
which got 6,000. And it's a bigger wow. number than the G1 final, which was 6.7 thousand. Thank you for... Um, Oh. Um, Leaf Retrocast on Twitter just with those little numbers. I thought, I mean, what a statement. Obviously, this is a historic show, but just those two little tidbits, like Dominion is, aside from Wrestle Kingdom, the show for New Japan. And for Stardom to outdraw it in Ariaki, where New Japan have historically struggled to draw a little bit, is a fantastic fantastic um thing for the company and again that's why i mentioned the watershed um i want to talk a little bit about the pre-show um so we opened with an eight-man tag match which was the la dojo of the android alex coglin it's the first time i've seen alex coglin with this gimmick by the way and i loved it absolutely loved it um you co- need to watch new japan strong i do honestly <laughs> you really do it's on the watch Rob's in the middle of writing nine books <laughs> he's a <laughs> yeah, busy that's guy true. that's true <laughs> Um, Clark Connors, Kevin Knight, and Gabe Kidd defeating uh, the New Japan Dojo of Kosei Fujita, Oscar Lube, um, which I've pronounced horribly, I apologize, Ryohei Oyo, Oyoiwe? Yeah. Oyoiwe. Thank you very much, Karen. And Yuto Nakashima with the DPD in nine minutes and 39 seconds. Um, Matt, I'll throw to you. What did you think of this little opener? a solid opener. I mean, when you have dojo guys like that, you're going to have very basic, solid fundamentals. It's the opener. It's a good way to kind of get the crowd, um, you know, when they're filing in, get them warmed up, get them going. It didn't overextend what it needed to do. Obviously, Gabriel Kidd is kind of pretty much the biggest, probably the star of these two groups. I'm a huge fan of Clark Connors. You can see big things in his future as well. But I think it was the right finish and a good way to uh, to get the pre-show kicked off. Mm. I'm really impressed with some of the LA Dojo, um, especially. Um, I was at Royal Quest 2 in London um, when Gabe Kidd fought, I believe, Dan Maloney in the opener. And he was massively over. Obviously, he is British, so that does help. But he's improved hugely. And I'm really glad to see him in Japan because I know he's gone through a really rough time recently. Um, Karen, what about you? What did you think of this opener? I, I do love that the Noge Dojo versus LA Dojo feud is still fiery, still hot. <laughs> still. Even though, <laughs> even though you know, Coglin and Connors and Kid have all graduated, they're still proudly, proudly <laughs> waving that Shabbatism flag. And they're like, no, mate, we're, we're, we may have graduated, but guess what? We're still at the core of LA Dojo, guys. And I... I it, it, it's kind of it's kind of hard because like poor DKC and you are still like in LA while this is all going on and like not booked on the show. <laughs> so it was one of those things like oh, I wanted so much for like like at least for them to be there as like seconds or something, mm. but they just like, kept them off on purpose. Yeah. But uh, Royba is like eight feet tall. He was. I. It was. He's massive. Like what? I don't like <laughs> it, when he fills out. The man is going to be a wall. He's going to be like Lance Archer, and like if Bruiser he took, like, and, like, like they take three of the, the biggest wrestlers you could think of, and and Walter, and just kind of mash them all together. Like he'll be unstoppable once he, he fills out a bit more. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. I, I actually wanted to ask, like, you've sort of answered my question. Like, is it Luebe? I've heard the pronunciation as Royba. It's German Austrian. Not in my wheelhouse of languages, no. <laughs> um, but looking at the katakana, it's basically spelled R O I B E. Right. Okay. I'm... So it's it's the I'm guessing it's Royba or some version thereof, but I'm again, sh- 
not my forte. No, I'm I'm gonna call him Oscar just for just for ease's sake. To be the, honest, the fans are calling him Oscar there, so Makes I would sense. stick with Oscar. <laughs> um, he was the one that stuck out definitely on uh, on the New Japan Dojo side. Um, but again, I really like Clark Connors. I think Clark Connors has got a real real connection with the crowd. Again, Gabe Kidd, love to see him um, doing well. Overall, I really enjoyed this opener, probably more than I should have done. Um, but yeah, overall, really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, Stardom Rambo then, which uh, Mirai wins, which again, Matt, you were right on predictions, but we'll skate over Every that. Every now and again, you're going to right twice a day. <laughs> I can't even remember who I picked because I knew I, I wanted to go for Mirai as well. Did you I go Kagama? Yeah, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, because we went with the finals from the Cinderella. Ah, uh, yes, with the winners. Um, <laughs> That's how we did it. With Mirai winning by last eliminating Super Strong Stardom Machine with the Miramare Shock in 23 minutes and 6 seconds. Possibly my one of my favourite moments of the entire show was the return, the long-awaited return of Super Strong Stardom Machine. I cannot begin to tell you how much I popped at half past seven I know in you the did, morning. You text me as it happened. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Usually I watch these shows nine times out of ten, Karen. I'll watch these shows live as it happened. And then because I'm insane and then Rob will watch him at a halfway decent time for him. And obviously I won't give him any spoilers. Every now and again, I'll give him a fake spoiler. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Becky Lynch came in and won all the belts or something. He knows Stand I'm messing it. with him. But no, we were texting each other kind of back and forth. And actually, I want to bring this up that my feed at once every 15 minutes kept freezing and it would kick me off New Japan World. I'd have to hit the OK button and then I would go back. So I'm mm. going to kind of build this throughout the podcast because Rob knows where I'm going for the main event. <laughs> Where it kicked me off, so my feet would it like instead of be about every thirteen to fifteen minutes, I get kicked off, and it would take about ten to fifteen seconds to go back on. Which sometimes it wasn't bad. It was like one time it was during the Great Okan entrance. Okay, no big deal. But whoa, uh, whoa, yeah, whoa, there's a what? <laughs> no disagree. Okay, do not be smirched the name disagree. of the Great Okan. I got the point. I got the point. You gotta be careful, man. You 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 can you can you can miss some entrances, but but the Great Okan. He's a civil servant of I don't people. Remember. He Absolutely. is a hero. Absolutely. Decorated hero. <laughs> that gives people pancakes. Yeah. Keep Matt Turner. Yeah, Come I on. Points up here. But, uh, yeah, it was a super fun match. Yeah. Um, it was kind of the uh, Saki Kasama show, wasn't it, Rob? It was Absolutely. Like, I'm, I'm trying to write down my notes. And next thing I know, she just kishikasai and like the whole round. Everyone. Everyone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this was this was another moment. I thought you mentioned the commentary team. Um, just before I carry on, Karen, have you? I assume you've only watched it live, or have you watched the replay with the commentary? I've, I've gone. I've I've watched parts of it with commentary, mm. but it was while I was also trying to write my report for post and yes. with everything else going on. I've had I've had a bit of a week, yes. so um, that's why noticed. I asked. <laughs> yeah, so I haven't really heard all of it, uh, but. I never thought in my lifetime I would get to see super strong stardom machine oh. in person. So <laughs> I was trying to keep myself together because they were like, you can cheer, but be very quiet while you're cheering. And I'm like, let's go! <laughs> um, but yeah, sorry, Zelda agrees about super stardom no, that's strong fine. machine. <laughs> um, but yes, the Kishikaise, no one can stop it. No. It is a, a sight to be Dangerous hold. move in wrestling. Absolutely. One of those dangerous moves in wrestling. Absolutely. I, I stopped making notes because in the end, I was just writing Kishkasai like 45 <laughs> times. I, just, I can't cop. But I think having Super Song Sardom Machine and Mirai, I think it might be the most heel I've ever found Mirai. 
um, eliminating super strong starter machine in the last in the last two. I was like, I'm not having this. No, absolutely not. Um, were you slightly surprised that we didn't see more stardom legends, or was it a case of let's try and get just everybody needs to try and get on this pay per view? Let's stick with the roster that we've got. We get the little pop with super strong starter machine. You know, long t- longer term stardom fans will sort of pop for that. Do you think, you know, we didn't see any Nene, for example, who has been doing start more and more stardom shows, obviously part of Goddess of Stardom Tag League. Um, Karen, were you surprised there was no, not more legends or? I feel like it was very intentional who they included in the Rumble. Hmm. The only person that's missing was due to injury, which was Nina Shirakawa, hmm. but they got the entire roster on there, including the girls that are like, you know, the the twins and Hannon. Hmm. Um I feel like Stardom intentionally picked the people they picked because they wanted to have the most authentic and full roster experience, mm. especially with Kyrie being in the main event against Mayu, but we'll yeah. get to that. Oh. Um, the the pamphlet was really great because it included everybody who is considered a full-time member of, of oh, Stardom. Okay. And cool. it, 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 it featured every single girls photo so it's like even if you didn't know who they were you could at least like if you had if you manage because those sold out really quickly if you manage to get your hands on one of those guys then you could basically follow along with like the name and the picture mm. and like some quick stats about them um but yeah i felt like it ran a little long for as few people that were in it mm. um because i feel like i think they waited until everybody was in the ring to ring the bell 15 yeah because there was 15 people in there it's yeah. it's yeah, certainly yeah. not it's certainly not the biggest rambo that stardom have ever done no. um but i also feel like they've done a bigger rambo with a shorter time mm. like it felt it, it just felt really long and i don't know if it's because it's been a while since i've been in person in a rumble where i'm actually have to just do, watch what i'm doing and not like 18 different things as i'm multitasking at three o'clock in the morning um but yeah it's i wasn't opposed to the choices that were made um, because I think it'll it'll hook the people that will be the ones that will start getting interest in the show, um, and saving people like you know Nanai Ta- Takahashi and you and Prominence and the girls from Colors. Those are more of like once you're once you like that's not that's not your your gateway. That's mm. not your window into stardom. That's the once you're there. That's the table setting. Yeah. So you gotta wait. You have to. Those, those are the ones you have to wait for. You have to, you have to put the effort in to get to those. I see. Right. So these are like the yeah. Okay. Yeah. I hadn't really thought about it like that to be honest. But the yeah, first of course. One was free, my friend. But after that, <laughs> you gotta pay. See, this is why we wanted you on the podcast, Karen. Just little <laughs> insights like that. <laughs> um, Matt, what did you think of the Rambo? Yeah, it's always fun like you know royal rumble style so you're always trying to guess who's going to come up next and hear the music and figure it out and get the pop i thought it was huge on the english commentary where chris charlton was sworn that waka was going to win she was in there for all of about 40 and we, we and you both know we didn't have to we were again we were texting each other back and forth we, we didn't have to text on this we know this she wasn't going to be in there that long and uh, yeah she wasn't but god bless her but yeah it was it, it was it was it was super fun but what did you expect to happen did you expect stardom super strong machine to win and then like unmask and then be like 
Honestly, you, you that, yeah, I just got caught up in the emotion of the match, it. man. Just got caught up in the emotion. Like, it's the return. Everybody knows. It's like Edge in 2010, man. Comes out, wins the Rumble. Like, that's what happens. Um, future future uh, Red Belt Champion, Super Strong Start Machine. Um, hashtag. Hashtag, absolutely. I want to talk about Wacker later because considering she can speak, she can speak good English, really good English, but it's not her first language. The fact that she did such an outstanding job on commentary, and especially in that main event, in that main event, her... I'll leave it till the main event, but I thought she did an outstanding job in that match as well. Um, we then move on to, obviously, the main show. And before we get that, we get a fantastic video package. Like, the video package hit hard. And it's it was at that point that it was like, right, so this it, this really is a collaborative show. It's not a New Japan show with some stardom matches tagged on. It's This is very much a joint show. These are these two companies. Check them both out. And I thought the pa- video packages in stardom certainly have been improving at a rapid rate. For example, the Tora and Utami one from um, a couple of weeks back. I thought that was a really good video package. The one before Mayu and Kairi was a fantastic video package. Probably the best one that Stardom have ever done. But I thought this really did set up. This is how important this show is. This is Stardom. We're going to blow you away. Um, I don't know if you guys felt the same, but I honestly, it set me up completely for the rest of the show. Um, We open then with everybody's favorite house of torture um, with our opening match, eight-man tag team match, the Chaos team of Tomohiro Ishii, Yoshihashi, Yo, and Leo Rush defeating the house of torture, Evil Show, Yujiro Takashi, and Dick Togo with the 3K in seven minutes and five seconds. Um, House of Torture, Karen. What are your thoughts on the House of Torture? (laughs) I don't know if you know this, Rob, but before show decided to turn on you and break hearts around the world, (laughs) I was a massive, massive Rapongi 3K fan, and show of the two is my favorite. So... It's been, I've been going through it for the last year, to be perfectly honest. A long breakup. <laughs> yes, it, it's oh. the, it's the, you're, 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 you know, you get dunked and then you, you see your, your ex running with a new crowd and you're just like, you're better than all this. I know you're better than all this. Mm. But at the same time, it's the, if this is what he needs to do to advance his career for the time being, sure, I guess it's fine. But God, do I miss 2020 era show so much. Just think back to the 2019 Best of the Super Juniors where he was pulling Match of the Night out every single night. night, Yeah. yeah. And then... And then he finally pinning Shingo Takagi, chasing for the Never Belt at Dominion. It's been hard. (laughs) Don't worry, Ken. I'm still not over. I love him, but it's been hard. <laughs> I'm still not over Shawn Michaels throwing Marginetti through the barber shop window. So. I know Two Brutus Pick references, Rob. There you go, buddy. <laughs> Honestly, some some wounds are never meant to heal. Um, look, it's it's House of Torture. Like you know what you're gonna get. You're gonna get shenanigans beyond belief. It's Dick Togo. He's in there. You know he's taking the pin. I'm really glad that Leo Rush got the pinfall. Um, 
Obviously, he's teaming with Yo now in the Super Junior Tag League, which I think is going to be a really good fit because, bless him, Yo has been very much treading water since the best of the Super Juniors final. Um, and it doesn't feel like New Japan quite know what to do with Yo. Um, but hopefully he goes on, does well in the Super Junior Tag League. Maybe we see him against Catch 2-2. Catch 22? Catch 22, sorry, Catch 2-2. Catch 22 at... Um, at Wrestle Kingdom, which I think him and Leo Rush versus um, Akira and TJP would be a very, very tasty match. Um, Matt, obviously, I daren't ask Karen again, just in case I bring up memories of show. Um, yeah, fine. <laughs> no, go on, Karen. I'll, I'll ask Matt afterwards. I'm never doing the podcast again. <laughs> this is supposed to be a sterner podcast. Why are we unpacking my emotional pain? Um, I feel like this match is designed purely to showcase Leo Rush. Mm. As this was his first match in Japan, it was, you know, he had been doing dates with New Japan Strong. He'd gone to AEW, he'd been doing a whole bunch of things. Um, but this match is purely about showcasing Leo mm. and giving people some hope that Yo has some kind of direction. Sadly, in a, in a tag situation after being a singles wrestler for over a year at this point, yeah. um, I'm kind of hoping that they, like, they pull the trigger on him next year. Especially with Master Watto being in the four way, the four way mm-hmm. kingdom, but that's that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, I feel like they're honestly just treading water with chaos and House of Torture for the dome. Mm. It's either going to be a Never Six Gauntlet or that they're going they're going to do something with those belts again, again. Sadly, mm. again. Yeah, I think the match just served almost as like a commercial for uh, Leo and yeah. uh, and Yo for the for the. You think you, you see that quite a bit, and we'll get into it even with the uh, United Kingdom versus the LIJ tag match. You know, mm. there was a lot of almost like this is really good stuff, but we're going to sprinkle some seeds for stuff going into the future. Like almost like, hey, we got we're we're in this giant venue in front of a lot of people. Let's let's uh, let's leave them wanting more. And there was a lot of that in the show, which which is another reason why it made the show so good. And I had so much buzz and a lot of questions being asked of you know what's next. Absolutely, absolutely. I gave it. I gave it three stars it was it was fine it was it did its per it had its purpose and again you know you said about highlighting leo rush he came out first he opened the show so you know you don't need more of a spotlight than that do you really he opened the show got the pinfall so well done to leo rush mad am i right i'm gonna guess three stars for you yeah the gentleman's three stars the gentleman's like three stars yeah. of course the gentleman's <laughs> three um karen of course you don't have to join in on the star ratings but if you would like to Please shout out. We like to do this on the Stardom cast. We, we're big fans of star rating. Love star rating. Whatever it means or not. <laughs> as, as, sorry, my, my mom's on the patio making faces at me, trying to get me to laugh. Um, she didn't. She didn't like three stars. She's like, this wasn't three stars. She's like, are you kidding me? No. Um, as a former teacher, I give gold stars to everyone. So it it's. I think it was a very honest match in the sense that it's going to give people a very fair view of what you can't expect in New Japan because the House of Torture, whether we love them or hate them, they are a staple of the current landscape of New Japan. So everybody gets a gold star. <laughs> Anyone that is listening to on the, this in audio form, like I actively encourage you to go and find the video <laughs> and watch Karen's face as she's saying that. Because honestly, I have never seen such pain in someone's I eyes. Face, I'm just I, I can't. If I, I can never be a secret agent. None of that. Because I'm just like, I am the worst liar ever. 
Um, we move on to match two then, which was the first stardom match of the main card. Match two, six-woman tag team match. The Queen's Quest team of Azumi Sayakamitani and Lady C defeating the Donna Del Mondo team of Himika Tekla and Mei Sakurai with the Firebird splash in nine minutes and 20 seconds. Um, uh, Matt, I'll start with you this time. Yes, um, we've talked a little bit about this match and how it set the tempo for the rest of the card, especially on the stardom side. Um, what other thoughts did you have on this match? I thought the two uh, the two teams worked well together. Again, we talk all the time about how well Queen's Quest they gel. Doesn't matter which you know group mm-hmm. it is, but I thought everybody looked really good here. Obviously, they did a great job highlighting the two champions, uh, Azumi and Sai Kamatani. And Sai Kamatani can't came looking off like a the biggest star here in this match. And uh, yeah, everything really flowed real well. The Donald Mundo team was great. Mm-hmm. It was a really cool spot where uh, uh, Himika squatted both Azumi and Sai Kamatani, which again, so they're two strong. of the two of the champs there. So that was a really, really, really cool spot. She kind of just threw them in the back. So uh, they did a good job highlighting her, her strengths. They really didn't um, do anything where anybody was like overexposed. It was all, hey, here's a, you know, I'm, I always look at matches like, okay, how were they planning this out? And it's like, okay, let's do this. Give, take two or three of your biggest moves. Let's combine everything. Let's make sure everything makes sense. And then we know we're going for the finish. I mean, the finish was, I think everybody knew it was going to be the Star Crusher and either the uh, Phoenix Splash or the Firebird Splash. And she, like I said a few minutes ago, absolutely perfect. I mean, that mm. was – if this was the Olympics and I was a judge, that was 10 out of 10 on the Firebird Splash. I mean, Sai Kamatani had it absolutely perfect and just a really good way to end a really solid match. And I had it at uh, three and a half stars. Yeah, same rating for me. I think had um, the Phoenix Splash not gone wrong against Mina – um, I think we'd seen a Phoenix splash here. Um, sure. I do. I do like the narrative. Obviously, we talked about this on our Gold Rush show, Matt. I do like the narrative that they're weaving about sort of Sire's self doubt about you know I'd rather hit my other moves and win that way than having to bring out the Phoenix splash. Um, but also in real life, I know it did rock her a little bit. Um, so to be able to hit the picture perfect Firebird splash, it'll do her confidence and wonder. You know pun intended um it'll you know do wonders for her confidence and obviously she pulled an absolute barn burner um the night before against Kyrie. um karen what about you what did you think about this match what i liked about this match was that of of the the women in this match a lot of their partners were featured in the mixed tag matches Mm. so instead of relegating them to the rumble they gave those per- individuals an opportunity to be on the main card. And, you know, Queen's Quest and Don Del Mundo can't do no wrong with them. No. They, 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 they've fought each other more than enough times to make everything seamless and flow together. And like the um, talking about the United Empire versus LIJ match, this is also a good way to tease Goddesses Tag League. Mm. Because my Sakurai from DDM and Lady C and Queen's Quest are the odd couple pairing that after this match where they have to, you know, beat each other up, they got to tag together the next, you know, a couple of days later as, you know, My Fair Lady. And a lot of the partners were either, for the other competitors, were either in these mixed tag matches or not on, or not in the main card. So it was nice to see them be able to do a proper match. I, I sort of wish, and I know they can't because based on the numbers, I wish, I wish there was one more stardom match, whether it was an eight-person or even just a standard tag because the card did feel a little new japan heavy in that department mm. especially with the keiji mudo let's squeeze okada on the card match it was <laughs> very much yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so it, i mean 
the card was very well balanced for the most part, but I just wish like they could have done just one more stardom match. But it was a very, it was a, arguably a very long night. Oh, God, yeah, it was <laughs> five hours. <laughs> and the concessions there, they don't have concessions like they do here that stay open the entire time. They're like by midway through the show, everything's shut down and oh, shuttered. So no. if you didn't eat or didn't bring anything in to eat with you. That's no, no. Five I'm, I'm hours glad, as well. I'm glad I brought my, my rice ball and my salad from the convenience store. <laughs> <laughs> um, May Sakurai, obviously, in this match, we've talked about how, I'll be perfectly honest, when she first debuted, I thought she was rubbish. Um, I will hold my hands up. I thought she would. She hadn't improved at the rate she should have done. I thought she was a little bit overexposed. Not in the same way that Unagi was, briefly, but even so. However, I think the improvement shown in May, especially um, just prior to the five-star and then up through the five-star has been fantastic. She's She needs to get a new finisher, and I will again, Matt, you said you'd die on that elbow <laughs> drop. If I, I love see, it. If I have to see that elbow drop again, honestly, I'll scream. But I was just wondering what are your opinions on um, May Sakurai's development, Karen? Well, Mai arrived back in September of last year, and I believe at that point she had just over or just under a year of wrestling mm. experience prior. So she's still kind of in that rookie stage. Um, I I know why they kind of threw her into Cosmic Angels at the beginning, just to give uh, Cosmic Angels the numbers, but from the time she departed Cosmic Angels and started hanging out with DDM and like under Julia's learning tree, as it were, mm. she's improved significantly um i i feel like part of it could have also been she she found a character and a look that was she was more comfortable in her own skin with Mm. because you know the the, as as adorable and as lovely as the dancing pop idols that our cosmic angels are that is a look and a and a and a a design that is not meant for everyone i for all my love of mina shirakawa could never be a cosmic angel <laughs> i can't dance i have i am i am like waka i have no rhythm I, <laughs> three peas in a pot in this podcast today, right? I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> the, the, the ruffles and the fluffles that's not my vibe give, 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 give me the god's eyes and the ddms all day every day maybe mm. even a little later tie but what my needed is that she needed to find a persona she was comfortable in and I don't and I don't think it was until she got to DDM and surrounded herself with people that I guess complement her better mm. style, both stylistically and visually that she was able to start having the pieces fall into place for her. Yeah, similarly to how Natsuboy fits Cosmic Angels better than she did DDM. I feel like May Sakurai fits yeah. ddm and their style a lot more and actually they did the turn well i'll say the turn the um turning on cosmic angels from may sakurai they actually told that story really well about how she wants to wrestle and that's why she wants to go with julia i really enjoyed that um overall i felt like this was a nine minute advert for stardom right this is what stardom is about yeah. we're going to throw it all at you big hitting moves quick pace and you you actually notice that it's a significantly quicker pace than the new japan multi-man tags there is a big big difference between the speed at which they're wrestling um 
I did just want to ask you one question before we move on to the mix tag. Um, Azumi was interviewed afterwards, um, and some of these post-match interviews are brilliant. Um, but Azumi basically said, to tell you the truth, there was someone I wanted to team with in a mixed tag. Now, if they were to do historic crossover to Electric Boogaloo, Yes, absolutely. As, as, as you do, doodaloo. As you doodaloo, absolutely. <laughs> <Love it>. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm assuming this is just me. I'm assuming she's talking about Osprey, um, because I know that her and B and Osprey used to be quite close. I might be completely wrong, but that's who I thought about. Who do you think she's referring to, Karen? And then I'll shoot to Which- you, Matt. When they originally announced Historic Crossover and the the matchup was teased as El Desperado and Starlight Kid, I wanted to hope beyond hope that the High Speed Bomb Daughter and the Ticking Time Bomb oh my were God. going to do a masterclass <laughs> of high speed hijinks with Jespy and Kid. That would have been insane. Oh, they've got to do that next year if they do right? it again. Oh my god. Azumi and Hiromu. Oh. Johnny. Come on. Rossi, if you're listening, <laughs> you like money, right? That is money. I mean, Lots of money. Karen, you have an in with New Japan. Come on. You have an I, in with... I, I had a temporary in. My, column, <laughs> my, my, my historic cross column is finished for the time being. If there is a historic cross over two and they want to bring me back, I think you need to use your pull 100%. <laughs> I'm so bad about that. Like I just I just want people to love the wrestling and to love stardom. That's that's Absolutely. my my that's my end game. <laughs> um Matt, what about you? Who would you I I mean to be honest, I don't see how you can top the team of Azumi and Hiromu. That's um, who I thought it was. Obviously, you can always go to the top where why wouldn't you say Okada Tanahashi, but just for me to be different in this segment, Azumi throws a lot of arm bars. I got to go old school. What about Azumi and Fujiwara? Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? That's who not who better? Be like, Azumi, those, ar- those arm bars are really good. But let's throw back to Carl Gotch's favorite student, <laughs> Fujiwara. Or, there you or go. Ishi- put her with Ishimori. <laughs> oh, oh Ishimori would be good. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm getting really excited to the point where my girlfriend's going, because <laughs> I'm really loud. Sorry. Um, <laughs> well, you're you're not lamenting and like begging her to bring you tea. At, That's as true. You yeah. She's like, she's like, you're better now. You're better now. <laughs> That's it. Service time is finished. You're on your own. Listen to this podcast. Does she rob? She's doing the jigsaw. Hope not. Jesus. Um, <laughs> let's move on to match three. Then the mixed tag team match with the Zack Saber Julia team defeating Suri and Filthy Tom Lawler with the European clutch in 10 minutes and 29 seconds. We talked about winners earlier, and I'm going to ask you both now, was there a bigger winner on this show than Filthy Tom Lawler? No. I Tom mean, Lawler lived his best life I, ever. <laughs> he took the pinfall, and honestly, I have never seen a man so excited to take a pinfall <laughs> as filthy Tom Lawler in this match. Honestly, just him standing just in the vicinity of Sturry, and the man looked giddy. This is a man who's accomplished a hell of a lot between his Let's MMA see, and his yeah. wrestling. And, you know, he said in his post-match about basically this was the highlight of his career, to be able to team with his favourite wrestler ever in Sturry. And Sturry Bless is just looking like, oh. Um <laughs> Honestly, I think the entirety of this was 
just executed to perfection. All the stuff that Filthy Tom did with his gear, um, the fact that he was beaten up by a briefly teamed up Alto Lavello Caballowan. I love that. I just, I don't think, and again, he smiled the entire time, which sort of gave it away a little bit, but honestly, I've never spoken to Filthy Tom. I hope to at some point, but honestly, I was so, so damn happy for this man, Matt. Like, honestly, I have never been so, I've never watched a match with such a smile on my face because of someone else's enjoyment. Yeah, and uh, Tom, if you're listening, you have an open invitation to come on the podcast anytime. <laughs> Love to have you on. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was really cool that the first interaction where, because it was supposed to be just the females with the females and the males with the males. Mm-hmm. And the first interaction you have is basically a 40-second reunion of ALK beating up on Tom Lawler. And did you notice that when uh, him and Zack Sabre Jr. were training knee bars on the floor, Shiri, who's one of the hardest strikers, not only in stardom, but in wrestling as well, she was booting Zack Sabre, and Julia was booting Tom Lawler, and Julia was booting Lawler even harder. <laughs> and after the first one he hit him, he turned to her and said something, which he might have said, hit me harder. <laughs> she just booted like it's faithful. Like, he was in all of his glory. And obviously, the uh, the main crux of the match just seemed to be, again, a free commercial for Shuri versus Julia mm. coming up, you know, for Rhea Goku. But let's give credit where credit's due. Tom Lawler and Zack Sabre Jr. had phenomenal chemistry, especially with their catch wrestling on the ground. Tom Lawler quickly goes for like a gotch toll hole, and the two of them start trading knee bars and ankle uh, Achilles locks back and forth, which leads them to rolling to the outside. And then uh, Tom Lawler has the great idea for him and Shuri to do the Muda Tokyo Dome run to kick <laughs> Julia and, uh, and, and Zack Sabre Jr. in the back as hard as humanly possible. I thought that was great. Even a little touch with Tom Lawler coming out with the uh, the the red glasses, you know, for the the red of you know the red belt and the red um whatever the heck that was he had on his head, and then even when he took the shorts <laughs> off and had the super shorts on, uh, he had like uh, like a bedazzled god's eye he on did. the back of his shorts, and I think it was either Kevin Kelly, or Chris Charlton said, "Yeah, I watched him do that himself <laughs> in the back a few hours earlier." So can you just imagine Tom Lawler, one of the biggest badasses in yeah. New Japan. You know, great UFC run, just great wrestler. He's just sitting there, just be dazzling. Embroidering his shorts. shorts. Yeah, into his denim shorts. Honestly, awesome. I love the yeah. man. I love the man. Um, yeah. I think, obviously, between that and then, obviously, while he was doing his dance and taking off his shorts, did you notice him telling Suri and Julia to close their eyes? <laughs> oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> He's a brilliant. gentleman. He what is a gentleman. Absolutely gentleman, filthy Tom Lawler. Um, <laughs> Karen, what about you? What did you think about it? I could best describe Shuri and Tom Lawler as Rapunzel and Flynn Rider from Tangled, <laughs> where Tom Lawler is Rapunzel swinging around the tree with her, with her hair going, Best day ever! Because <laughs> Tom Lawler, literally, it was the most wholesome wrestling match I had ever seen. Like, mm-hmm. from, like from the, he took everything on the chin, literally, literally. from the two mm-hmm. of them. Him grabbing Shuri by the hand and like r- running with her up the up the ramp together and being like, "Let's do this." It was just, it was one of those things. Like again, it, uh, yes, it was a big tease for their match at Ryu Goku mm-hmm. at the end of the month next month. But it also tied in his rivalry in the G One with Zack Saber Jr. And it on paper, like, on the initial reveal, it was like, oh, "Okay, yeah, I guess you know you have two UF, former UFC people and two people who are from England. Yeah, great." But then, like, the layers started just, like, mm. piling on top, and it was the, everything felt, like, everyone was just having fun. Yeah. And and that, I think, is the biggest 
thing I wanted out of historic crossover is that the, the mixed matches in particular, they don't need to be serious. No. You can do you can showcase all the hard hitting power moves and all that fun stuff, but when it was when all the when all the rules started getting a little um Oh, I don't know. Fluid, as it were. <laughs> when 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 the pirate guidelines started coming into play, and everyone was just like, "Forget it. Let's have fun with this." It was. I just. I couldn't get enough of that match. Like like that. Like the mixed tags on the show were just. I want an entire card of just mixed tags. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we'll ever get it. I don't know if they'll ever like do those those kind of mixed matches on like New Japan Strong or on the international tours. But man, it just looks like so much fun. And considering, yeah. you know, you could argue that, again, I don't want to use the term throwaway, but again, initially when the cards were announced, we were like, oh, okay, it's just some multi-mans. But the chemistry that everyone had with one another, whether it's Black Desire and El Despi and um, Doki, or whether it's um, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Utami or Micah and Goto, who are effectively the same person. Um, you know, <laughs> they are. <laughs> Rapping. Um, but honestly... I do love the designs of those shirts. Honestly. I had the, I had the, I had the most difficult time at the merch table. Can you imagine? I ended up with the, I ended up with the, the Jul- Zack Sabre Julia versus of filthy gods I, I might well get that to be fair it, but it, it came together very nicely i would highly recommend getting that one <laughs> but yes for those again who are listening in the audio realm me and matt are both sporting opposite historic crossover t-shirts with matt sporting utami and i'm not going to stand my up. other one's literally right there they just came in the mail yesterday it's i'm like not going right to stand up because the, i'm not in as good a shape as matt is um <laughs> <laughs> Not even close. Um, but yeah, overall, love this match. It's a match where, again, I watched it the entire time with this huge smile on my face because the chemistry was absolutely fantastic. Um, and again, the final the final thing that you pretty much see is in front of 7,000 people, who knows, watching at home, is Shuri holding up the belt with Julia standing there and that's the perfect pause and you can literally hear the flashbulbs going off like, that's our main event for our big show at the end of the year. That was as brilliant as everything was. That was the big bow, mm. the cherry on top of the ice cream. That's like, you know, this was good. It was fun. You saw some great technical wrestling. You saw everybody, you know, get involved. This was great. It was solid. Didn't go too long. But boom, that's what we wanted. As and if we you enjoyed that. it, yes. Stardom Dream Queen is in Absolutely. less than 40 days. As though, as though we needed any more reason to look forward to Julia and Siori. Um, I gave it three and three quarter stars simply because of how much I loved Tom Lawler loving it. What about you, Matt? Three, three and a half. You liked it a little bit more than me. There we go. And Karen, just a gold star, I assume. Gold, st- gold stars for everyone, especially <laughs> Tom Waller. He gets a TR of gold stars. <laughs> Whoa. What a man. What a man. Uh, match four, talking about chemistry. Uh, match four is another eight-person, but a mixed tag match with the team of Melty Ataichi and Yoshinobu Kanemaru defeating the team of Black Desire, El Desperado and Duki, with Taichi getting the win with the Black Mephisto in 12 minutes and one second. Um, Matt, I know yes. that you are obviously Meltier fan number one. Um, what was your opinion of this match? Because I've got a feeling it was probably your favorite mix tag. Yeah, uh, this was, I think, my probably my third highest rated match uh, of the show. You could probably figure out what one and two are. But you know me, Rob. I don't think there's many bigger Momo Watanabe fans than me, but she's got to stop breaking up these Meltier entrances. Just gotta, <laughs> just, I get it. You're a heel. I get it. 
you got to stop. And I even text you like, who's going to come out last? I'm like, oh, Meltier has the final entrance. Like, that's a big deal in Japan that of all these wrestlers, they have the final entrance. And then they came down with Tai Chi and they came down with the Tai Chi mask. Yes, if you I remember, I even that. texted you. It looked like uh, Tam's mask was falling off, but she's so smart. She took it off on purpose as the camera was going up. So everybody can see the whole entire presentation that is one Tam Nakano. Uh, <laughs> that being said, I thought this was hilarious. I thought uh, you read about Momo just kicking, kicking the crap out of everybody in this match, male, female, didn't matter. You Did in the line of sight, you were getting kicked and you did get to see a lot of this, you know, uh, male versus female. This happened a lot in this match with a lot of interaction, but really the chemistry between, we've seen it before uh, mm-hmm. a lot actually recently, the chemistry between uh, the, the current tag champs Meltier and the former tag champs in Black Desire and Momo and Starlight Kid, I thought that was uh, v- very well done. And even the uh, the mask with Starlight Kid and El Desperado kind of going half El Desperado, half Starlight Kid. Love it. Just the presentation of just like mm. uh, just these two teams, especially on again the Meltier uh, presentation. We all know how much I love it, and how much you disagree with me, but that's a okay. You're not alone. There's somebody else in the Turner household that is 100% in your camp, brother. So don't you worry about it. Me and Amber. Me and Amber. Yeah. I showed her. I know I was watching the Corican Hall yesterday, and I was on my computer, and she was gluing something for uh, church or something that she had to do. And the entrance just happened, and I took my computer, and I go, hey, hon, look. And I turned it to her, and she goes, do they know this is wrestling and not Cinderella? See, <laughs> like, this, walked away. this is so my mad. thing. She gets so mad. But uh, all in all, this match was great. Uh but now it looks like we have not only was this match great, you had a lot of layers of different things going on between you know the the two teams and the factions and whatnot. But now are we getting a different not? She's got a little taste of the whiskey, Rob. She has, she has. <laughs> um, we whiskey saw miss. we we saw her uh, trying it in uh, some training montages, which uh, she was not a fan of. And bless her, Natsupoi is perhaps the most innocent person in the entire Stardom roster. Um, Apart from Wacker. Yeah, apart from (laughs) Wacker. Apart from Wacker, obviously. But uh, watching her try uh, Uncle Nobu's um, whiskey was hilarious. Um, Karen, what about you? What did you enjoy about this match? I I love how it was El Desperado trying to keep his two little... rowdy kid sisters in check especially <laughs> during the entrance and he's like come on come on come on it's fine it's fine it's fine but then he had like not to poise number the entire time in the match and i'm like sir sir what are you doing <laughs> I, I i i sort of wished that momo had gone for a doki half mask just mm. for this for this match because she was like the odd one out with like no mask on yeah um it was it was a fun match I, I do like that they kind of separated the loyalties of Suzuki Goon because you know Suzuki Goon is wildly popular. So I did like how they you know split them between Oedo Tai and Cosmic Angels. Um, but yes, Natsupoi doing the whis- the 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 Ferial Whiskey Mist or whatever Something. you want to call Ferial it. Ferial Mist, I think she's calling it. It was yeah. adorable. It was adorable. Like she, she was just so proud of herself. I was proud of her. Um, <laughs> Big character arc. <laughs> I, I don't know. This might be Natsupoi's heel turn moment. I oh my god! I imagine. I, I would love to see her and Nobu against. Uh, so I don't know who you pair like put put them against. Maybe another someone who could tag with a junior. But it would be great to see her them just do a, a, a standard tag against, mixed tag against Despring Despian Kid would be a great example. Yes. Um 
I just want to see Despian Kid do all the things, honestly. <laughs> um, because in my eyes, they can't do any wrong. No. And I did like that the entrance of Meltier, Maru, and Kanemaru, and Taichi got the weekly Shoe Pro cover this week. Yes, yeah. I did Everything see. Everything that happened on this show, that's was the cover. Like, I'm the biggest <laughs> Meltier fan in the world. I'm like, really? You were going to put, like, Kyrie holding the belt on the cover? I, or, like, Kenny Omega? Yeah, I, Secondary, I, I kind of thought it was going to be Kyrie, but I do like how Taichi's kind of parlaying it into his King of Pro Wrestling mm-hmm. shenanigans with Shingo. <laughs> and it, have you guys watched Goddess Tag League from this from earlier this week? Not the Corrigan. You the have, Matt, haven't you? I haven't watched the Corrigan. I'm on yet. the main event, yeah. Can I get, Which... Am I allowed to give a teeny spoiler? Of course you are. So Tam and Poi come in, uh, their match is against We Love Tokyo Sports, which is Kashima and Suki Gendep, mm-hmm. who have their Tokyo Sports newspapers. They come in with their magazine covers, and they kind of have a sword fight. They they have a battle of uh, <laughs> perif- uh, periodicals. <laughs> they have a periodical battle, as it were, um, and it's rather cute. Good way to sell. Good way to sell magazines. Yeah. You know, I ordered mine, Rob. You know, as soon as 100%. I saw that, I waited my twenty four hours for it to pop on eBay. I hit up my Japan guy, and he's like, "Send it." Yep. <laughs> Love the fact that you have a Japan guy. That's brilliant. Um, yeah, it was it was a fun match. Again, it was it, it, this was a perfect example of sort of showing that chemistry between the Stardom roster and the New Japan roster. Whether it be the half and half mask of Kid and Despy, or whether it be the Tai Chi masks, I did really really enjoy Tai Chi just standing stock still in front of this very theatrical entrance of Meltier and just not breaking character at all. I did sort of want him to get his microphone and start miming, but no, nothing. He stood stock still as the two ladies started doing their doing their thing, which obviously, yes, Matt, you are a far bigger fan of that than me. We did get a little bit of a tease after this um, where it could be throwaway, could be throwaway, where Tai Chi and Tam were talking, I believe, about potential IWGP mixed tag team championships. I'd be surprised if that is ever a thing. Um, but Karen, would you be interested in? I know that obviously you would want Kid and Despy to win and hold them yes. for years. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> it, it's just their belt. Um, well, no. Uh, do you guys, uh, on New Japan World, there is a uh, Shinichi Champion, which is translated into New Japan TV. They do, it's like a variety TV program that mm. they do. And they recently did a women, a, a, a ladies panel episode with Desperado talking about all the wonderful things about Desperado. Mm. And it was it was prior to pre, uh, historic crossover. I almost called it prehistoric crossover. <laughs> <laughs> you know those fighting dinosaurs. <laughs> um, they mentioned who you are before. So. Yeah, the, um, but it, in that they have a, 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 a segment where they all talk about like the fa- like they, they fantasy book a, a scenario with their favorite ah. wrestler. And this this one it was all about Desperado, so it was like you know. Um, one was camping with Despy, another one was just like, you know, dinner with Despy. But Starlight Kid, because it was a great four-star crossover, wanted to have IWGP mm. mixed tag champions where, where they, where she and Despy got to cut a promo together ah, as I the see. champions. So it's, <laughs> the, it's the, it would be so great. I just, New Japan has so many belts right now. And oh, so many. Getting, and Stardom's getting to that point where now they have so many belts that it was like they would have to shelve something mm. to make space for it. 
<laughs> whether it's the never belts or the uh the SWA belt, they'd have to get rid of a belt somewhere. I get the feeling that if they were to get rid of a belt at some point, it's going to be the SWA belt because it sort of is the same belt as the IWGP belt. But M- minus the opposite minus- uh, nationality. Yeah, minus the hamstringing uh, rule set that makes it impossible to defend at times. Um, but we won't talk about that today. Um, but yes, I, I would. I don't know whether I'd like to see it, but it would be, it would be interesting. And actually, I want to talk about this a little bit more in this next match. But before we do that, Matt, your rating, not for just Maltier. Well, Meltier at seven stars. There you uh, go. No, this match, this How match was... dare you? <laughs> I went that low. Uh, <laughs> no, four stars. This was great. This had a little bit of had the comedy, had the psychology. It had really cool spots. Uh, I thought everything melted. No pun intended. Uh, really? Impressive. Hello. Are you uh, a little teary eyed? Yeah, hello. Uh, I just wanted four stars. Yeah, I went three and a half. It was it was great. It was a really enjoyable match. Again, another really good sort of crossover basically, which is the whole point of this show. Um, we had match five, which was another mixed tag team match with the team of Hiroshi Tanahashi and Yutami Hayashishita defeating Hiroki Goto and Micah with the hijack bomb in nine minutes and 36 seconds. A couple of things surprised me about the, this match. The first thing was that Micah ate the pinfall. Very surprised about that. But I suppose you don't want Goto eating the pinfall as he's defending the tag league with Yoshihashi um, but I am surprised they gave Micah the pinfall but never mind that doesn't matter I was surprised how much man on woman violence there was from more Mr. Hiroshi Tanahashi like the ace of New Japan physically like slapping Micah like proper full on I was like oh my god Jesus like it was we saw it a little bit in the Meltier and Black Desire match but here it was like it was almost like Micah took it as a challenge. Like, sorry, you you don't want me to hit you. Right, well, here you go. And she just goes at Tanner, and Tanner's like, seems surprised. And then's like, I'm gonna give it a back. Come on, then. Um, but I just wanted to I just wanted to like sort of there's been obviously a debate about man on woman matches and mixed gender matches. And uh, I was just interested to hear both of your takes on that. Um and whether this cross the line or whether it towed it perfectly now matt obviously you're a pro wrestler um obviously i don't know whether you've done intergender matches or not um how they're approached differently or what your thoughts on them are or basically basically did did they go too far in this match or was it fine matt is what i'm asking from my perspective, you know, where I wrestle in the Northeast, mostly Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, mixed matches are all the time. It's literally almost like you get to a show, and if you don't know who you're wrestling beforehand, it's a possibility that when you read the lineup, you might be wrestling a female, which is fine. If you're in the ring, I treat you as an equal. You know, we're gonna go out there, let's go the best match possible. Let you know, let's get your stuff over, my stuff over, yada yada yada. Um, I was because they were very going into the show. They're very like, no, it's, it's uh, the women versus the women, the men mm-hmm. versus the men, and then we saw a little bit interaction going up up until this match and then you saw a lot of it here the only thing i was kind of a little bit uh yes get your hand up no 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 i was literally saying it escalated sorry oh okay i thought you were asking <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt you uh, <laughs> yes mr goodwin uh <laughs> the only thing that was kind of like how you just said a few minutes ago that the fact that it was like tanahashi that just open hand slapped yeah michael was like you know tanahashi is one of the biggest baby faces ever in the history ever. of wrestling in any company like so lovable never 
I don't think he's ever wrestled uh, matches a heel, just a guy you can get behind. And then it was like, you know, he hits Micah, but then Micah dumped him on his head. So I guess, you know, fair play. So I, I had no problem with it. I was just like, out of all people, to really kind of get overly aggressive was Tanahashi. I was like, mm. oh, he kind of didn't see that coming. So I'm going to kind of just, you know, that's my, uh, my, my answer. But my question is, if they do a historic crossover too, Electric Boogaloo, uh, as we refer Absolutely. to <laughs> That's what it was. I couldn't figure out what it was. <laughs> I'm going to keep forgetting. And they do more of these matches. Would you like to see more of the interaction where it's like, we're just going to take the rule book, we're going to throw it out. If you're in the ring, whoever gets tagged, that's who you're in with. Would the two of you like to see that? I obviously am all for it. Again, it happens all the time in the you know Northeast Indies and a lot of Indies. You see it really uh, over here in the States. Is that something that you would want like to see more of the mixing of the men and the women if they do? Uh, do another historic crossover too. Karen, I'll throw the question to you first. When they first announced historic crossover and the mixed tag concept and how stringent it was going to be, very much like WWE mixed match rules where men face men, women face women, Tanahashi kind of teased this era of new violence, as it were, (laughs) where he's like, there's always that five seconds in between tags where something could happen. And I feel like in the build-up to their match in particular, given his history with Goto and Micah's history with Tommy, it was the, I'm sure everything that happened in the ring was consensual. And I think that was probably the biggest thing. Mm. And that moving forward, even though intergender wrestling is common in Japan, especially in places like DDT and a lot of smaller promotions, Mm. I do see there will be a fair bit of pushback if it gets too gender neutral in the fighting sense, mm. um, like, you know, there are fans in Japan in particular that are very much stardom is stardom. New Japan is new Japan. It should never get this close or even closer than, you know, akin to the Western standard. Um, I liked how they all flirted with the line, mm. but I don't think any match, including the, the the Tanahashi match, I don't think any of them crossed it. Hmm. And I'm fairly certain there was a lot of discussion beforehand about what everybody would be comfortable with. Because I've seen Tanahashi slap slap down a six foot man with that with that slap. So for Micah, who's like <laughs> maybe maybe five three, to just stand there and be like, all right then, go on. Um, and then be willing to pick all 230 pounds of him up and th- like throw him over her shoulder. Right I was really. so worried about her knees. <laughs> I was so worried about her knees when she wanted to do that. Um, I feel like I would like to see maybe just a little more flexibility provided that all the competitors in the ring are comfortable with it. But I also feel like there would need to be a bigger discussion in Japan, especially for the younger fans mm. that aren't acclimated to intergender wrestling. And for us, internationally, we have you know we have our own international privilege where we're more accustomed to it. Mm. In Japan, it's not so commonplace, even though there are promotions that do have it. I mean, I, I I'm not massively familiar with the culture in Japan, so I'm not sure how it's perceived over there. So that's great that you're able to give that point of view, Karen. I think. From my standpoint, um, it's a case of if it's consensual in a ring, then fine. Obviously, I do understand that people see it as an, you know, a domestic violence issue. I do understand that. But I think in a ring, you can understand that they have given consent for this to happen. And it is entertainment, ultimately. You know, it's wrestling, it's sport, ultimately. 
Um, and obviously, Karen, you already said, you know, Tanahashi sort of teased this, that this was happening. And it was Micah that threw down. It was Micah who threw the first punch. Micah who was like, I'm not stepping down. Come on, bring it on. And I think as long as that is the line that's towed, and again, as long as it doesn't get too, you know, we haven't got Tanahashi going full light tube on Micah, for example. Um, yeah. I think that or anybody or, or anybody <laughs> ever, yeah. Jeez, Tana, calm Rob down. Really went over the line on that one. <laughs> I, think... I didn't know we were gonna have deathmatch time. <laughs> <laughs> um... Why not? <laughs> Go Ace. He's made of glass. We can't afford to. <laughs> those, yeah, those love and energy are very tired. I need those knees to stay in place, please. Absolutely, can't That's afford to new hurt. characters in New Japan. <laughs> <laughs> but I think as long as we, it continues to. I think I completely agree with both of you. I think they towed the line perfectly in this show. Um, I think it is up for discussion if they do do. Um, if they do do number two. Um, overall though, in terms of this match, loved it. I really love Goto, despite the fact that he is, and I hate to say this, a serial loser. I I love Goto. I really, really do. He has got, and I will stand by this, he has got the most iconic theme in New Japan. I love that theme. Um, I remember my first ever Wrestle Kingdom watching it live, which was Wrestle Kingdom 11, which I assume was, you know, quite a few people's first Wrestle Kingdom, and hearing that and it was like, oh, Jesus, that is anthem. No, no, it wasn't. I tell a lie. It was Wrestle Kingdom 12, um, which was the one after the one I started watching. Yeah, but 11 re- and 12. 11 goes after or 12, yeah. Yeah. You're right. I, yeah, thank <laughs> you. Job. Thank you for clearing up my numbers there, Matt. Um, it was 12. I'd watched 11. 12 was uh, the one I watched, and Goto came in for his match with Suzuki, and I was like, oh, my God, this thing is anthem. That was the hair versus hair match, yeah? It was. It was. Oh. I love that match. It's one of my favorite so matches. Um, the end of Wrestle Kingdom 12, like those last week, got the junior four way. You've got Omega versus um, Jericho, Tana versus Jay White, and then Okada versus Naito. Such a good show. Um, anyway, but yeah, overall, I thought this was a really good match. Uh, I gave it three and three quarters. I love the idea of Tanahashi and Utami being a team. I think they are just, they're both icons. Um, maybe not. Utami to the same point as Mayu, but I think she will grow into that definitely. Um, and her post match, where she got the name of her own company wrong, was hilarious. Um, we move on then to match six, which was a 10 man tag match, which saw the United Empire of Aussie Open, Catch 22, and Gideon Gray defeating the Los Gobernables de Hapon team with the Coriolis in nine minutes and 55 seconds. Um, Karen. What did you think of this? Uh, that match was purely to promote Super Junior World Tag League and mm-hmm. get United Empire and LIJ on the card. Yep, that's that's all that was. There was there was there was it was not too deep. There's nothing very big about it. Naito's uh, perpetual torment of Gideon Gray continues. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, isn't it? <laughs> he's a master. It's a master class what he does. I love <laughs> Naito so much purely for like how how much thought he puts into everything. Like. Who is he picking a fight with? He's picking a fight with the manager of the United Empire. It's not even like a wrestler. Not even a wrestler. Like, I mean, he is a wrestler, but like not like anyone he's facing in World Tag League or even in Junior Tag League. He's picking with the guy who just comes in and does the entrance call, entrance introduction for everyone. (laughs) It's just, I love Gideon Gray. Like, when he he first joined, I wasn't familiar with him. Um, And then the more I watched him, the more I found him hilarious. And then he was obviously at uh, Royal Quest 2. And all oh, the heat he got was insane when he announced the great O'Conn. And I was just like, I get it now. 
Honestly, I love yeah. him. And he just he gets his ass handed to him every single match. Uh, wrestles with his coat on, which pops me every single time. I'm never going to not enjoy a loss in the Noblest Day upon Multiman, um, especially when you've got the likes of Shingo and uh, Naito in there. Bushi was definitely eating the pin there if it wasn't Gideon Gray. Bless him. Um, but Matt... What about you? Anything to add about this, Tam, man? I totally agree with Karen. This was just a, just a further vehicle to promote the tag league. You have 10 people in there with, let you know, you're going, what, nine minutes. Yeah. So, I mean, it was what it was. It, it, it's just to get them on the card. LIJ, they're, they're, they, they draw tickets. Nido's a, a, a ticket drawer. I think the main thing of this match was to get United Empire, get a real big stamp of approval. No, I'm sorry, not United Empire. Uh, Aussie Open, get the stamp of approval on it because I oh, think we're going so with the rematch of Aussie Open versus FTR uh, in the Tokyo Dome. Do you to. want that big match? I know you were there for it, Rob. You texted me as the match was over about how it was probably the best match you've seen live. It, yeah. it, and I've seen the match as well. It was absolutely fantastic. You're going to run that back. Why not do it in the Tokyo Dome? Absolutely. I would love to see Aussie Open crowned because they had their chance at Royal Quest 1 with Gorillas of Destiny, and I felt they were on the precipice of big things. And then I believe it was, was it Mark that got injured or was it Kyle? Yeah. Uh, Mark blew out his knee. That was right, yeah. And you felt like, yeah, it was literally like a week later or something daft. And they were going to be in Tag League that year. And you felt like, oh my God, these are these real contenders. And then, of course, they had that match with FTR, which is insane. It's like, I still can't believe how good that match was. Um, I mean, I I can't think of any other team I would rather see against FTR in the Tokyo Dome than Aussie Open. but yeah, overall, it was decent. I gave it three and a quarter stars. It was decent. It yeah. was there. Nothing really to write home about, apart from the fact that Gideon Gray continues to be hilarious. Naito continues to be a delightful bully. Um, we move on then to our seventh match. Six-man tag, the great Muta. Kazuchika Okada and Toriyano defeated the United Empire, the great Okan, Jeff Cobb, and Aaron Hanare with the Rainmaker in 9 minutes and 48 seconds. I do find it hilarious that this was Great Muta's final match in New Japan, and he didn't even get the pinfall. Like, I I don't feel like... I figured he would have. Yeah. I figured he would have. He hits the the Shining Wizard, they do the Rainmaker, and then he doesn't even celebrate with his team. He just, like, bye, see ya, and then, like, he's out the door. Pieces out, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought this match, it was solid. It did what it needed to do. Really, and Jeff Cobb and Okada have really, really good chemistry. Yeah, they do. So they tease a lot of that stuff there. Hanari's uh, he's getting better every time that I see him. The great Okan, I know I won't say another bad word about him because you you two feel the way about great Okan the way I feel about Meltier. So I, got, <laughs> I can read the room. I know, hey, I know how to schmooze. Uh, overall, really solid. I think this really was just more of a gimmicky match for the great Muda, rightfully so, to be able to get in the new Japan ring one more time and uh and say goodbye and he's teaming with you know the the ace of the company you know the uh literally the money maker and then yano was uh he was there yeah. as well he did what he <laughs> needed to do not a problem yano so, was yeah. also present yeah uh, <laughs> in the quarter stars i had this one wrapped so this wasn't very this wasn't very well you know crazy this wasn't like a dragon gate six gate man like, no six it was not match, by any means it was not it was not um i mean I'm just here for the missed spots. That that's all that's all I'm here for now. And to In be fair, yeah. when you look at Muto's knees, they must be made of just pure gremlins because that man, he struggled walking to the ring, bless him, never mind running to do any sort of offense. So the fact that he's able to stand and deliver the shining wizard, which he did at the end, I thought was unbelievable just the fact that he could do that but overall this was also fine karen 
Uh, again, like I said earlier, this was just to get Okada on the card and some of the other popular members of United Empire. I mean, I guess the historic pr- crossover part of it is that they they got Muda to show up. Yep. Um, but I feel like the like the thing about Muda and his his retirement tour, Muda Muda slash Mudo, is that he's the he's neither not getting the wins or he's eating the losses, mm. like he did to Kaito Kiyomiya in Noah. So it's one of those things where it's just like, I understand why they did it, but I also feel like it's the, oh, by the way, Wrestle Kingdom's coming up. I know Okada's not on the next tour, so we have Okada on the show. Let's see Rainmaker. Wahoo! Rainmaker! <laughs> yeah, that did that did feel like what happens, to be perfectly honest. Muta's going to do the mist, and then he's going to do a Shining Wizard, and then he's going to peace out the ramp. That That's was, it. What else do you need? Yeah. I mean, it, it was, I mean, you summed it up perfectly, Toriano was there um bless him because I, I do have a little bit of a soft spot for toriano um match eight then semi-main iwgp united states heavyweight championship match will osprey the champion in his third defense defeating shota umino with the Stormbreaker in 23 minutes and 30 seconds uh karen your opinion on this one <laughs> so Shota umino is one of my favorite young lions love Shota. i've i have followed his journey to the UK. I've loved the stuff he's been doing on New Japan Strong. I loved that this was the third match in their series from the time he, you know, challenged for the the British Heavyweight Championship in Rev Pro like shortly after he got there on his excursion to their rematch at Royal Quest which, you know, ended abruptly when Red Shoes, his own father, called the match. And that played into this match because Osprey was like Sorry, I know your dad's refing again, but your your dad's not gonna be able to protect you this time. And Red Shoes, Red Shoes was the third opponent in this because he wanted to call that match. Yep. And just like my heart bled for Shota when he was climbing his dad's pant leg and begging him not to stop the match. I mean, so great yeah, emotion. great was, emotion. Was, yeah, I I I wanted Shota to win just because I kind of wanted Shota to be able to fulfill his dream of challenging Naito at the Dome because Naito has no plans for the Tokyo Dome yet. I don't I uh, do not know where that's going to be fair. Yeah. Um but I think I it was a it was a fool's errand because I knew that they were gonna keep the belt on Osprey to yeah, the dome anyway. Of course. But I I I want nothing but the best things for Shoda. Hey. Sorry, my, my my dog my dog agrees with me. She's getting very mouthy about Shota Uno. Man, Shota Uno. Honestly, vocal, <laughs> yeah, we're, vocal we're, support. We're, we're very we're very uh, big Uno fans here in the, the Peterson household. Um, I mean, I think it helps as well that Osprey is such a believable dick that like you can't help even if you're not a Shota Umino fan, you can't help but root for him because Osprey is so good at playing the dislikable heel despite being incredible in the ring he has a very punchable face he does have an extremely punchable face yes he does <laughs> um of course he did come in with all the hayabusa gimmick and the hayabusa gear which yeah. of course he then came out and said i did clear it with um hayabusa's family it's been auctioned off to um to raise money for the uh charities and i thought that was a really 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 nice touch yeah. um again he does have a very punchable face and that made Shota Rumino even more believable as that baby face. Their magic Royal quest. Um, it was, it was a really weird sort of reaction because it looked because from what I remember, Osprey got him up for the Liger bomb 
and Osprey gets such ridiculous height on that bomb. And it looked like Shota took it all on his neck and then just yeah. didn't get up. And so they looked really confused. And then Osprey started digging in the elbows and Red Shoes called it. And we couldn't tell because Osprey looked terrified at the end of that match. He looked yeah. like he looked like Shota was in serious trouble. And obviously he wasn't. And if that was sort of a work, it was a fantastic work because he worked the entire of the crowd. Um, but building it into this match added such a great level of drama to a match that I think we all knew deep down that Osprey was going to win because, yeah. you know, he is one of the, if not the best in-ring performer at the moment in New Japan, controversially perhaps, but you want him going into the dome with a towel in a marquee match. And good God, we are getting that. But we'll talk about that in a minute. Matt, what did you think about this match? It's a great match. This show had as much as it was on. A lot of these show, Matt, a lot of these matches were really cooking. They were really cooking. If you remember when we were texting back and forth and I was like, I want the show to get over at a halfway decent time. I like to catch a nap. I have to go to church. And then I got to work a nine, 10 hour shift at my, my second job. Obviously that didn't happen, but, uh, <laughs> This match, they gave it time, which I'm glad that they did because this was really good. This is, I don't think anybody's going to disagree, probably Shoto's best match. Uh, I thought he looked really good here. Mm. Osprey did a really good job making him look believable and that he was going to take the belt. There's some really good striking early on, back and forth, that really set the pace. Osprey's going to do what he's going to do with his high-flying stuff. But eventually, Shoto Umro was, started countering Osprey's high-flying stuff, which I thought was really good, a really good story, saying, you're going to the well once too often, and I know your stuff because we've wrestled before. And I really need to go into, you know, to my you know, my extra battery, my backup to try to get this win. And then you're pulling out the extra emotion with the referee. With So, but yeah, you did like Karen said before. You have three people in this match. you got to utilize everybody you can to make that match even better than it's going to be. And I just thought it was really great. And then it got to a point where it did look like Shoto was going to win the belt. And they did a good job convincing mm. to pretty much everybody seen in that. I'm Karen, you were there in the arena, but for us sitting at home, it felt like the momentum was swinging. We were going to see a new champ. And I was thinking, I know where they're going with Osprey in the Tokyo Dome. They really don't need a belt here. So maybe that's where they're going. And they're going to make Shoto's match even bigger. I know the, the rumor that's going to be him and Jericho at the Tokyo Dome. Again, we will we'll see if, if that happens. But then, then Osprey just kicks into that last gear and just blitzes him with the hidden blades, and then the uh, and then hits the the Stormbreaker for the fit, for the finish. Second favorite match of the show. I had a four and a quarter stars. Just a brilliant storytelling and a great way to use the referee uh, involved in your match mm -hmm. to build out, making a, just a, a great match even better. You talked earlier, Matt, and I sort of piggybacked on the back of it, as I so often do on this podcast, um, about people who lose the matches but win overall. And I think Shorumino was one of those Absolutely. people. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I've, you know, he's come out of this match, despite having lost and lost an emphatic fashion to Osprey in the end, he's managed to come out of it looking like a fantastic baby face, a brilliant, brilliant baby face. And Karen, you said like when he was, um, when he was a young lion, he was the one that everyone thought he's going to come back and he is going to be a top star. Um, My my only concern about Shota moving forward is that with his father being the lead referee, mm. he's going to constantly be in this awkward position where people are going to question his, you know, legitimacy or his, you know, the, the officiating in his matches because his father's the lead referee. Mm. That's my, my only concern for Shota is that I, I think at some point they're going to need to start swapping in a different referee for his matches just so it, it, it doesn't give that whole vibe that 
his like much like ghetto becomes ghetto's side problems with Giotto has become an overarching part of Bullet Club's arc. Mm. I don't want Shota's dad to be part of Shota's history moving forward. No, they've done it. Yeah, one hundred percent. They've done it in this feud. I think it worked really well with the Osprey thing. And you know what? When Umino does eventually beat Osprey because that's something that New Japan do very well. They build the feud and stretch it out and make you want it. Um, sometimes to the detriment in the case of Okada and uh, Naito. But, you know, with, I think, Umino, you could have that, like you could have, pardon me, Red Shoes play into that quite well. And I think that'd be perfect. Let's move on then to the main event, which I'm sure is the reason why a lot of people want to hear us talk about this show. The main event, match nine, the vacant IWGP Women's Championship match with Kairi defeating Mayu Iwatani with the insane elbow in 25 minutes and 58 seconds. I know that I've already talked about the video packages, but this video package highlighting the feud, the friendship, and just that final little twist of Mayu saying, I never left. You left, you went away. Io left, Io went away. I have stayed through the thick, the thin, the bad, the good. I have been the icon of stardom. And I have stayed. And just that moment, and you're like, she's got to win. She's got to win. And then she didn't, but we'll talk about it. <laughs> Karen, this main event, I mean, obviously you have a completely different perspective because you were watching it live. And what a match. I have waited so long to see Kyrie wrestle again. And I was fortunate enough to see her wrestle twice in less than 24 hours. <laughs> um, this match... The story was there, and I knew from the moment she got announced as the mystery X in the international bracket, she was going to the finals. Oh, Whether God, it was going yeah. to be against Utami or Mayu, it was going to be Kairi. But I was convinced because of, you know, with Mayu, she's a Grand Slam champion. She's done, she's held just about every belt she can hold. Um, she has nothing to do right now. She intentionally vacated the SWA championship to focus on the IWGP Women's Championship match. Um, she, you know, she wrestled in Madison Square Garden. She wrestled in, like, the, the first match at um, Rumble on 44th, the first stardom wrestling match in the United States since Madison Square Garden. She has a movie about her bio- autobiography coming out next year. Like, what else is left for her to do than to walk in and be the champion? And, yeah, her being like, you, you abandoned us. You abandoned us, and look who came crawling back. But I've been here, and I was like, Mayu's a lock. It can't be. It can't be anyone but Mayu. But it was what I loved about this is that it was a pure babyface versus babyface match. Mm. Because you know, even if either of them tried to zombie out or heal out, they're they're just too beloved. And so strongly associated with the, you know, the light, the light end of the spectrum mm. in the 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 wrestling the wrestling nomenclature is that it was just I've wait I've wait I've only ever seen matches on YouTube and Stardom World of their of their time together prior to Kyrie's departure, so I'd never seen them wrestle each other live. So it was historic on many different levels, but also a great way to bring in many new fans. Absolutely. But I was still floored, especially the night before, because Kyrie didn't get to do the the diving elbow drop 
on Kam- in Kamitani's match. No. And that 30-minute match was so long. Um, <laughs> I, I was worried that they, this match was going to go too long as a result of that. But I feel like it went just long enough. But I'm, it still blows my mind that Kyrie ended up being the one to win at the end. Especially when me and Rao again, we were texting. And we're so much alike, even though we're literally completely different opposite ends of the world. We are so much alike. We literally text each other at the same time when Mayu took off her jacket and she had the red gear on that she had when she had the at one of the best title runs ever in any wrestling company. Literally, I text Rob red gear Mayu and right before it sent, I got a text from Rob saying championship gear Mayu. I guess we're both right. And I was like, there's no way she's losing now. There's no way she's losing. And then I was like, oh, god damn, that was a good match. Like the jerk. Like the destination caught everybody off guard, but the journey that those two those two took all of us on. Not only the twenty five minutes of the match, just the entrances as well. Mm. Like Kyrie comes up this huge entrance with the smoke and the and everything, and she's just so you can just tell that she, when she picked that up over at WWE, she brought it here, and every one of her entrances just seemed bigger than life. And then not to be outdone, Mayu come, Mayu comes in the fancy jacket. And then she takes it off and it's like, oh, that is literally my, as much as, as great things as Mayu's done throughout her entire career, 16, 17, 18, that, that run 2019 to 2020 with the, her red belt reign, that's my favorite Mayu. And that's like the Mayu that we got here. Even mm-hmm. so much so, I just watched it the other day, the match with uh, her and B. Priestley, where she wins the red belt, where they botched the, um, I like to say the word botch, the mistake on the Hurricanrana. And Mayu sells it and she gets up and she gets zombie faced Mayu. And you're like, oh, geez. And she just kicks that match into another gear. That happens here when she eats two or three of those super stiff cutlasses in a row and is walking forward. And she's got that look on her face that like, oh, man, she's going to kick this into another gear. And boy, they sure did because these two didn't miss. Even like right off the, the get-go, like they had some really good chain wrestling to start to build, to build, to build. And then Mayu's like, nope, I'm going right into third, fourth gear. And she hits a dive early on uh, on the Kyrie and pretty much the entire stardom roster. Um but uh, yeah, just the, the storytelling, the pacing, everything was just so good. Even even like with Mayu eating those cutlasses back to back to back. And then Kyrie thinking that she has Mayu right where she wants her. She goes for the spear and she gets super kicked right in the jaw from the spear. Yeah. It's like just bringing it back in kind. And then she always follows it up with a beautiful crucifix bomb. That's kind of like, you know, her, her, her toolbox of movesets. That was really good. And then you get to where she goes and hit the two-stage dragon. And almost to me, and I watched the match back twice. I've seen it three times. She goes for the two-stage dragon, and she stumbles back. So she hits it to the ropes where you can say maybe she was almost punch drunk from getting hit Mm -hmm. with the cutlasses so hard so often that she didn't realize where she was. That could have played in comparison. Talked about earlier on the podcast about my feed freezing. So, (laughs) Rob, you know where I'm going to go with this because I had to text you. Kyrie starts climbing to the top rope to go for the insane <gasps> elbow. No. And it, first, right, and it freezes. And again, it literally, I would just say up error. I would hit okay. It would take me back to the main menu starting world. I'd click okay again, 10, 15 seconds. At the most, it'd take me to get back. It felt like Santa Claus and oh, all the holidays no. passed me by. And so I literally click it on and Kyrie is standing above Mayu with a shocked look on her face, and the crowd is going crazy. Walk is crying. So I can put one and one together. She must have kicked out the insane elbow. So I text Robin. I go, buddy, sorry to bother you. My feet froze. What happened? He goes, she hit two insane elbows, one to the back, one to the front. Mayu kicked out. This place is going nuts. 
and then it stayed up until uh, I didn't have any problems for the rest of the match. But literally, probably the worst part in that show was it's where as she was going up for the first insane elbow, and I turned it on. She just had that look like, what happened? I can't put Mayu away. But eventually, she uh, she does put her away. The two of them, especially that closing stretch, the last four or five minutes, felt like I always harken back to it. My favorite era of wrestling, the uh, All Japan Kings Road, where they build those finishes where everybody has all these big moves that build to the finish. That's what was happening between missing the moonsault and the constant cutlasses and, and uh, the insane elbows, the one she was hitting, the one she was missing, and then dragon suplex after dragon suplex to the two-stage two dragon. Eventually, she just eats one too many spinning back fists, and then you gets drilled with the uh, the final insane elbow for the, for the pinfall. I mean, this is one of the best matches I've seen all year in any promotion. I mean... You do run a risk when you've got babyface versus babyface that someone is going to have to turn heel for the dynamics of the match to work. And I feel like they didn't have to do that here because of the sheer emotion that both of them brought. And I am going to put all three members of English commentary over here because they did so well. I mean, Kevin and Chris sounded like they've been commentating on Stardom for years. They knew the product product inside out and they knew about the the feud between Kyrie and Mayu. They knew about I'm sorry, the sort of connection between them, should I say, rather than the feud. And then Wacker just physically crying. I mean, she has nothing to do with Mayu or Kyrie. She's not in their faction. I mean, yeah, she's probably she's friend, him, yeah. yeah, she's probably friends with them outside the ring. But you know, from a stardom standpoint, if you're watching, but the emotion of the match captured her to the point where she was physically crying and that's a massive indicator of how much they managed to put over this match and i thought mayu mayu getting rid of the swa belt in order to concentrate on the iwgp belt to then lose in the iwgp final is such a mayu thing to do um (laughs) it's it's such a mayu thing to do and i should have seen that coming to be fair um but you can now tell the story of, I mean, Karen already mentioned she's a Grand Slam champion. She's won pretty much everything. I think she's won every belt except the future belt, which she is ineligible for, so she can't win it. Correct. Come on. Um, <laughs> she's not a real Grand Slam champion. Never say um, never. <laughs> but I feel like this can be the story because, as Karen said, she's not doing anything at the moment. This can be her story, her quest to get the IWGP belt. Should she have been the first champion? Probably. Probably. I do think she should have been. Matt, do you think she should have been? Yes, but I will say, I mean, there were some people right after the match on Twitter, they were like, they weren't upset that Kyrie won. They're more obsessed that Mayu lost. lost. Yeah. And my thing is, again, I said it's all time on the podcast. I said it, I said it before. It's not who goes over, it's who gets over. If I were to, if I like, for example, if I were to show this entire show to my dad, who strictly watches WWE, we grew up watching, you know, eighties WWF together. That's all he watched. If I had him watch this show from start to finish, I guarantee he would tell me the most impressed wrestler, the wrestler impressed him the most on this roster was Mayu. She or Tom Lawler. Was... Tom Lawler. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you would feel about those short shorts. Sure. <laughs> uh, but um, however, um, but no disrespect. To, I thought everybody on on this show worked hard. Everybody from match one to the pre match mm. to the end, they worked. They worked their their asses off. I don't think anybody in this show outworked Mayu. I thought Mayu came across as yeah. the best wrestler on this show. So that was my whole thing when I was talking to people. They were very, they were DMing me very upset. Again, not that Kyrie won, but Mayu lost. My thing was, I'm a huge fan of Kyrie, huge fan of Mayu. 
picture. I can understand everybody thought that that's where we were going, especially the fact that with all the promos and the red gear, that's where that we're going. And then we kind of got, you know, a left hook there. But at the same time, yeah, Kyrie doesn't have anything to do. She has a movie coming out. You think maybe Kyrie's going to be taking time away from rep, not away from wrestling, but maybe only do a show here and there so she could be on the set of her movie. And then once it gets released, maybe they do that match at a Dominion or a big stardom show where maybe they go back to Budokan Hall for, you know, for the first time in, you know, two years, maybe sometime at the end of the summer uh, in 2023. And that's the main event. So, um, you know, that's a possibility. And then Mayu gets crowned there. Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't think anyone is in under any illusion that Mayu will at some point hold this belt. Um, I hope the timing is right. It does. It worries me. I talked about Wrestle Kingdom 12 and the entire night was built. It seemed for Naito to dethrone Okada. It seemed to be the right moment. And I really hope that we don't get to a point and go look back and go, Ah, Mayu probably should have won it there because it just doesn't feel the same. I hope that they've got something in mind for this. Um, Obviously, you know, Kyrie wrestles this entire match with a basically broken ankle. Um, It is a mess. If you haven't seen it on her Twitter, go and check it out because it really is swollen. Um, That happens. Uh, Mayu leaves. Um, You talked about, um, just before I go into what happens afterwards, Matt, um, you talked about how sort of Mayu, the reaction to Mayu losing. Everyone I saw on Twitter was talking about Mayu and was talking about how um, how good she looked, you know, how emotional she was and how, even though they don't watch Stardom, they want her to win. So... <laughs> <laughs> so you might be thinking like let's not give it's an old 70s 80s trick from promoters let's not give it to them now let's build it up to the maybe again the money's in the chase and maybe that's where they're going again Kyrie, by no means a bad pick so for the first person oh, to win this belt you know obvi- obviously not but it's just i think mayu just has everybody's heart again it's not that people were upset that Kyrie won they're just more upset that mayu lost which shows you what a great baby face again i say it all the time i think she's the fourth greatest baby face in the history of professional wrestling i think she's that good i think she's that good and, and may, maybe the money's in the chase for a big match coming up sometime as her movie comes out well i don't know if it's the summer or whenever but you know maybe that's where they do where they do again a stardom standalone only show maybe in some big arena and uh, they want to get three four thousand fans in Let's run that back. We did in front of 7,100 people, you know, so. Yeah, definitely. Um, Obviously, after this, we get our first challenger for the IWGP Women's Championship. That's going to be Tam, uh, which I'm sure Matt was very, very happy about. It will be Tam time in the Tokyo Dome. Love it. Um, That's a shirt, folks. Send the checks to Rob Goodwin. Tam time in the Dome. (laughs) What I will say about the Kyrie over Mayu argument, just think how good Kyrie's entrance is going to be in the Tokyo Dome. Like that is don't, go- don't make me oh, sad that I'm not going to be there for it. <laughs> that is going to be unreal. Like you think about the charisma, the aura, the superstar sort of aura that she's got going on, and then think about it on the massive stage in front of forty thousand people. My God, absolutely incredible. Um, sorry, Karen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, so that's now locked in for. Wrestle Kingdom as well. Tam is going to be the first challenger. I want to talk a little bit more about that in a moment. What we didn't talk about, I realize I skipped over, how could I skip over this, is that Osprey is going to be facing Kenny Omega 
in the Tokyo Dome. Oh, no, no big deal. You know. I mean, it's the Stardom podcast. Yeah. Who cares about <laughs> Osprey and Okada? Uh, Osprey and Okada. Osprey and Omega. Um, honestly, that he the lights went down. And I was like, nah, they won't do it. They won't do it. And then he came on and I was like, yeah, okay. So you I'm watching really, Kevin Kelly was ham fisting you every line. The best <laughs> belt yeah. machine. And he, I was like, how is he not doing it? Like, how did you not <laughs> see it coming? This was so telegraphed. Even so, like Osprey versus Omega with just, just give them 30 minutes and they will blow the roof off the Tokyo Dome. I genuinely feel sorry for the match that has to follow that match. Um, it's probably I, in my head. I imagine it's going to be Okada J Y as the main event, Osprey, Omega as the semi main. I would put Tam and Kyrie as third from the top. Ooh, that's a good one, two, three punch, buddy. Yeah, that's good call. I mean, you're trying to establish this championship as a big championship and not just sort of a token championship. Why not put it on third? I mean, aside from maybe the junior four way. I think it legitimately deserves to be there. What, what do you think, Aaron? I my only concern is that if it's if it's supposed to be treated as a top title, but the U.S. title still is ranked higher than it, mm. it might be. It, it it comes down to is the title more important or is the star power in the match more important? Yeah, no, I do get that, and and and. I would I, ideally, I would love to see the, the women's championship as the semi-main. I just don't think they have the courage to do it, I don't. especially now that they're finally getting Omega back. Yeah, yeah that'll be the semi. That's the thing. You don't want to be the match that follows Omega's return to New Japan, um, because. But then, but that's the but that becomes your main event, which is yeah. Okada J. Different match. Yeah. Jay White works that old school style where it could be like. A forty-minute match where it's a lot. Oh of God! I hope it's not forty minutes. <laughs> You're always going to get that with Okada. <sighs> Okada always has those 35, 40 but, minute but, classes. But then, like, them. wasn't the, isn't the time limit for the U.S. belt sixty minutes? Are we going to get a sixty-minute Osprey o- Omega draw? I think maybe no. twenty. You might get twenty, twenty-one minutes. Surely I think not. Gonna get forty. That's what I think. Uh, what but was, we'll the, find what out. was we'll the limit for the the uh, his defense against Shota? Uh, was it thirty? Was yeah. it thirty? That was thirty. Okay. Um, I think anyway yeah. I think so uh, before I forget Karen I want to ask you a question about this main event um how do you feel about Kyrie winning this match with uh May Sakurai's finisher how does uh <laughs> I just did that to pop rock <laughs> wow. a- horrible if we weren't on video I wouldn't have asked that I wouldn't have asked that. I just wanted to see <laughs> throw that bottle what? from England to the States heal wow. Matt Turner that was <laughs> That hurt, man. No, that, just that, a, that was a joke just for Rob. You sorry I used you as a real. catalyst, friend. <laughs> Welcome to the fun we have on this podcast. Boo, Every boo week. that man. Everybody boo that man right there. <laughs> um, <laughs> what they did announce was that there will be a second Wrestle Kingdom show in the Yokohama Arena um, on the 20-something. I haven't got the date in front of me. The 20-something of January, anyway. Um, oh, January 2nd. I think they said they're doing it January 2nd. No. January 2nd. Is it? The Yokohama yeah, show is January 2nd. There's four big shows in Japan. Uh, New Year's Day, there's that Noah show yeah. with uh, with the return of Kent and Mirafuji with Nakamura and Mudo. The second is, Res- is Wrestle Kingdom. 
the third is that Stardom show, and then the fourth is Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, because am I right? I'm, I'm I going to end a lot. I'm going to Google so. that now because I'd got it in my head that it was the twenty something. Which I thought if, it was the second. If it's I the think... second, completely negates my point. So um... not, I'm wrong. I've been wrong a time, especially in my house. I'm wrong all the time. No, nope. let's have a look. Let's have a look. I feel like it would be after New Year's Day, January twenty first. Oh, I decided two. Yeah, January. Apologies. Wrestle who this man? Who that man? Who that man? Who him? Not my Rob. I I can't tell my left from my right. I do it all the time when I'm on this. Um, I've got dogs who, who need detention right now. Yeah, we better wrap, we better uh, we better wrap this up, buddy. I've got, <laughs> I've got one last question then. Yokohama Arena, twenty first of um, January. Assuming that Kyrie beats Tam, which I think we're all assuming she is. Assuming that we get a defense, maybe in Yokohama at Wrestle Kingdom. They've said about doing it on big New Japan shows. In an ideal world, let's start with Karen. Who would you like to see? Kyrie defending against the Shuri. New York Armour. Shuri? Oh my god. My answer is easier than yours. Jesus. Go on. Uh, Utami beats Kyrie at Dream Queendom. After uh, Kyrie beats Tam, Utami comes out at Wrestle Kingdom saying, I beat you last week. Last week, you know, a week or so ago. I want the next shot. And then that's how you, that's how you get Utami and Kyrie. You get it twice. I don't think they would do Utami Kyrie that close together. And I also it's think Julia sure is weeks, beating yeah. Shuri at Queendom yeah. to, to bookend yeah. their rivalry. So. We think that. No, we think that. There we go. I got it right this time. Yeah. We. we, 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 we. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, tie five. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. <laughs> Felt like Kalisto then. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we, we think Julia's taking the belt as well. So I, I'll be honest, I would love a Suri versus Kyrie match. And I think you do need to sort of go through Kyrie's dream matches of, of people she hasn't had singles matches with yet. Um, obviously, um, Utami is going to be wrestling uh, Kyrie. confirmed now at Dream Queendom having drank a beer and basically said I'm wrestling you and walking off in perhaps the greatest you... backstage segment ever that's how you that's how you start a fight <laughs> drinking someone else's victory beers I mean absolutely yeah. absolutely um, but yeah we will draw a line under that thank you so much Karen Pearson for joining so much, us on You're this welcome. review honestly yeah, We've loved having you here. We'd love Yay! to do it again. <laughs> of course. Anytime you guys need me, give me a call. Definitely. Absolutely. Definitely. Um, just quickly before we sign off, I do just want to say that um, Living the Dream, the first Stardom book, um, is now solely on Amazon. I've managed to port it over from Lulu. Um, so if you're going to get it, please. <laughs> Literally, it's with me everywhere I go, buddy. I'm dead serious. Thank you. Karen, I tried as heck to get your the PWI Women's 150. I shamelessly plug Rob's book all the time on the podcast without him knowing. I was desperately looking to get that magazine because I know you did the article with Sherry. I scorched heaven and earth. I could not find any time for this. So I, I apologize. That's fine. I apologize. However, I only, I only did dream, a 30 minute interview with her, but okay. <laughs> Whatever. I went so many places. I'm going to have to order it online because nobody, you know. PWI-online.com. Living the dream started with 10th anniversary in review. I just see I've beaten this thing to death. I actually had to order a second copy. Uh, my good friend, Rob Goodwin. Did I do it? No. Other way. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's now on Amazon as opposed to the paperback was just on Lulu, but you can get the paperbacks on Amazon. Please go check it out. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening, guys. We really do appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we are literally 
everywhere. Um, you can check out the website, www.thestardomcast.com. Go and check that out as well. We are on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash thestardomcast. Um, Karen, would you like to plug your social media handles and anything else if, you do? If you would like to follow me on my pro wrestling and journey in life in general, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and YouTube at Hey Karen Sensei. If you're down with the Stardom Event Reports, I got you handled over at postwrestling.com. Just look up Karen Peterson, you'll find it there. And I do do a weekly column every week that covering the women's wrestling scene in Japan and abroad called Dream Slam Weekly. Uh, all I ask is don't treat me like Google Translate and... <laughs> i will be honest it's been a godsend your articles at times i thank do shout you. you out on a regular basis on the podcast I for that. that so uh thank you very much um matt uh it's been a pleasure as always uh we'll be back we'll be back next week to talk about uh the corican show uh goddess of stardom tag league we'll also talk a little bit about stardom in showcase volume three if it is up on world at the time who knows we will see but matt signs off dear boy and anybody questions and uh, comments, anything that you guys need from me, get a hold of me, Matt Turner OF on Instagram and or the Twitter. Social media is not your thing. I completely understand. Shoot me an email at thestardomcast22 at gmail.com. Again, we thank you so much for the fantastic support that you've shown this podcast uh, throughout the year. And like I said, uh, just remember, folks, this isn't just my podcast. It's our podcast because we're all in this together and everybody's different. Everybody's special. 